Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week wraps up our five-week teaching series, Outlaw. Join Valley Point Church as we look to biblical imagery that presents Jesus as a radical who challenged the religious machinery of his day. Through his life, ours can be changed. This is Outlaw. I don't make for a bad cowboy, do I? Yeah. Well, let's answer those questions, all right? Why didn't Jesus stay? Why didn't Jesus, the outlaw, the nonconformist, after he comes to earth and he has this great showdown and delivers a death blow to Satan, why doesn't he stay and rally the troops and perform some more great miracles and grab headlines with some of his memorable speeches and really help establish the church? Why does Jesus leave? Why doesn't he stay? I mean, let's think about this from a marketing standpoint for a moment. I mean, just imagine with me. Hey, we've got this guy who's going to come and speak at our church this Sunday. A week ago, he was dead. He was out. But then he came back to life, and his name is Jesus. Perhaps you've heard the story about how he is walking now, and he's talking to people, and he's teaching again. Yeah, that guy is going to be at our church this Sunday, and you do not want to miss this, right? Like, this is a great opportunity to leverage something that had happened for good. But in just 40 days, after coming back to life, Jesus does something that is kind of strange. It's described in Mark chapter 16. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, and them being his followers, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. So after this spectacular showdown where Jesus wins, and he's got this amazing opportunity in front of him, to do a lot of good by sticking around. He leaves, and he says goodbye and just kind of walks away from his followers. Now, personally, for me, I think this is strange, and I would have done it a whole different way because I don't like goodbyes. Goodbyes are tough, and they make me sad. So most of my family lives outside of Chicago, Illinois, And the majority of Tanya, my wife's family, lives in Toledo, Ohio. And occasionally throughout the year, they come out and they spend time with us and they visit. And whenever our families come, we always have a great time. But inevitably, the moment arrives when they have to leave. And so we stand in the driveway and we wave goodbye as they drive off into the distance and then we go into our house, and our middle daughter, Kaylee, will sit down on the couch and just cry her eyes out because she's sad and she's really emotional about saying goodbye. And then because she's sad and emotional and crying her eyes out, that makes everybody else sad and emotional. And goodbyes are just tough. It's kind of a hard thing. Now, magnify that with this. The one that you've been following, the one that you've given your life to, the one that you said goodbye to other things in order 
to follow. And keep in mind, these followers of Jesus said goodbye to careers and jobs. And many of them probably said goodbye to family. And they left all of that behind. And now they're following Jesus and they're watching him and they're living with him. And they're observing the things that he says and the things that he does. And they love him and they're so thankful for what he is teaching them in their hearts. And they've given their lives to him. That individual dies which is pretty devastating. But then in just three short days, he comes back to life, and that is wonderful. And they're with him again, and they're in his presence, and they're enjoying that. And then in about 40 days, he says goodbye again, and he leaves for heaven, and he's gone. And why did Jesus have to leave? Why didn't he stick around and do more spectacular things with that group of followers? Well, it was time for the church. It was time for this new community of believers to get on mission and begin impacting the world. And it was always God's design from the very beginning that they would do that without the presence of Jesus. And so that's what begins to happen now. But they're sad and they're disappointed and they're sitting on a couch in some room bawling their eyes out and they're scared to death and they don't know what their next move should be. There's probably three thoughts that really characterize this group of believers at this time. And what I want you to do is I want you to place yourself in their shoes because they're sad and they're disappointed and they're emotional and they're not sure what to do next. And so they're hiding in a room and they are powerless and they're frightened and they're petrified. And here are the three statements that kind of describe them. So just put yourself in their shoes for a second. They had a commission, but no direction. They had a mission, but no power. And they had responsibility, but no drive. All right, again, place yourself in their shoes. Imagine this in your workplace. If you had to walk through this, it would be a bad day. It would be a bad month. It would be a bad year for your career if you had a commission but no direction, if you had a mission but no power, if you had responsibility but no drive. And that's where we find this early group of believers after Jesus walks away and says, goodbye, you're on your own now. They're essentially a posse. They are a group without a sheriff. They have no leadership. Here's our big idea for today. The new sheriff gives me a true and lasting connection to God. And we're going to spend our time unpacking who the new sheriff is and what he is all about and how he can really help us move through life. So this new sheriff, he's incredible and he gives me a true and lasting connection to God. Now I'm sure that as these early followers of Jesus watched him ascend into heaven and then they go back to their room and they're crying their eyes out and they're sad and petrified and unsure of their next move that they began to contemplate some of the different conversations that they had had with Jesus over the years. Like, I remember Jesus doing and saying that. 
Now, I remember when he talked about this. I remember when Jesus challenged us in this way. And I'm sure one of the things that they began to remember is a conversation that we find in John chapter 14. And so I'm going to read this to you. And this is our paragraph for today. And we're going to kind of just unpack and peel out different things that are here that talk about what Jesus left us with. So I'm going to begin with verse 16. It says, I will ask the Father, and this is Jesus talking here, and he will give you another advocate. Now, an advocate is someone who supports. So here we've got Jesus saying, I am leaving at some point and I will go away, but I'm going to ask the Father and he's going to give you someone who will support you, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. And then Jesus continues this conversation and Here's where we pick up in verse 25. Jesus says, I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. And so now he begins to clarify, here's the advocate, here's who he is, and here's what he's going to do for you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. In other words, you're not going to be alone. You're not going to have to navigate life without someone guiding and directing you. You're going to have this advocate. You're going to have a support. You're going to have this new sheriff, this new leader, the Holy Spirit. Verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift. And this really is a gift right here when you think about it. I'm leaving you with a gift. Here it is. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So here's what I want to do today. We've read a paragraph that talks about the advocate, the new sheriff. We're calling him for the sake of our outlaw series. He is the Holy Spirit. And so what I'd like to do today is kind of de-weird the Holy Spirit, okay? Because honestly, let's just admit it. When you put the word holy and the word spirit together, it's kind of strange. And what does that mean? And what does he do? And when is he going to come? And it sounds kind of spooky and a little out there. So I want to de-weird the Holy Spirit today. Who is he and why does he matter? Now, some of you understand this, You've heard about the Holy Spirit before and you know what he does for you and you get all excited about that and that's great. If you know about the Holy Spirit and you understand his workings, I want you to be super encouraged today with what Jesus has left for you. Now, maybe you're here and you've never heard about the Holy Spirit and again, it just sounds kind of strange, All right, again, I'm going to do my best to de-weird the Holy Spirit, and I hope we all walk out of here in a few moments with a wonderful appreciation for this amazing gift, this advocate, this 
leader, this new sheriff that Jesus has left with us. So there's a theological term that describes this. And the theological term is the word trinity. Now, some of you are like, yay, theology, that's fun, and that sounds wonderful, and I like to think about that. And you're excited because we've thrown out a big theological, biblical, religious word. Some of you are like, I'm not so sure about theology. Can Miriam just come back and sing a few more songs? I don't know how you guys think. So just again, hang with me because I want to do my best to explain this in a way that makes sense. So tri means three, right? And the Bible is clear that there is God the Father, God the Son, and then God the Holy Spirit. They are three individuals, but yet they function as one. Kind of strange that they can be three, yet one, but this is just how God works. If we were thinking about the Trinity in mathematical language, it would not be one plus one plus one equals three. It would be one times one times one equals one. And this is the extent of my mathematical abilities, what you... (laughs) See on the screen. I actually asked somebody about that, like, this is true, isn't it? So, again, the Bible reveals to us that we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are three distinct personalities and three distinct individuals, but yet they function as one. Again, hard to understand, but think about it this way. Because when you walk through the pages of Scripture, what you discover is that God the Father is fully and completely God all of the time, without question. It's not like He's just a part of God. He is fully and completely God all of the time. And what gets kind of interesting is that we find the same description of God the Son, Jesus. He is fully and completely God all of the time. He's not just part or kind of God. He is fully and completely God. And again, as you read in Scripture, you discover that God, the Holy Spirit, this advocate, this new sheriff, is also fully and completely God. They function as one. Hard to understand, but this is how we find God describing himself in Scripture. And this is what makes God, God. We can't always understand and get him. Sometimes we simply trust by faith. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Think not one plus one plus one, but one times one times one. He is one God with three very unique personalities. So who is the Holy Spirit? He's God, fully and completely without question. That's who he is. All right, let's think about question number two. Why does the Holy Spirit matter? Well, Scripture describes something that happens to us the moment we trust in Jesus alone to save us. That is really exciting and encouraging. And when we embrace his leadership and forgiveness, and that's the language that we use around here, when we turn our lives over to Jesus and when we rearrange our agenda around his, when we do that, the Bible describes 
something that happens to us that is both stunning and beautiful. Here's the stunning part. The stunning part is that I have a permanent connection to God. And the reason that's stunning is because I don't deserve that. I know I don't, and you would probably say the same thing. But God offers us this permanent connection to him, and that's kind of stunning. That God, the creator, the inventor, the one who is over all and holy and perfect, that he would offer to us as imperfect individuals a connection to him. I mean, I know what I think about and I know what I do and the thought that I can have this connection to God is very stunning and shocking at times. So the Bible describes this thing that happens to us when we trust in Jesus. It's stunning because we have this permanent connection to God, but it's beautiful. It's very beautiful because it shows us the depth of God's love for us and how he will do everything and anything to reach out to us so that we can have this loving relationship with him. So here's what happens to us. When we trust in Jesus alone to save us, scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit, he takes up residence in our lives. In other words, he lives within us. He's there all of the time and he does some different things for us that are absolutely wonderful, and that's why we describe it as a gift. So if you've trusted in Jesus, this has happened to you. If you've recently trusted in Christ here at Valley Point, you've marked on a connection card, hey, today is the day that I trusted in Jesus for the very first time, and I'm excited about what he's going to bring into my life, and I want to honor him, and I want to please him. This has happened to you, whether you know it or not. The Holy Spirit lives within us, He takes up residence. The question becomes this. All right, I want you to think about this. And I want you to hear it because it's a very important question. Once he's there, it now becomes a choice. Am I going to listen and obey him or not? Because he's not going to force himself on us. It's a choice that we must make. The Holy Spirit lives within me. Am I going to obey and follow that inner compass and that inner guide, or am I going to suppress that and push that away? So back to the question. Yes, he matters. He matters in a huge way, and I want to give you some different reasons why he matters and just kind of think about what we get when we get this gift because it's amazing. All right, in your notes, write this down. First of all, I get his presence. And one of the most powerful statements that we find in John chapter 14 is verse 18. I will not abandon you as orphans. An orphan, by definition, is a child who does not have a home base. They don't have parents They don't really have that kind of leadership. They do not have a home. And Jesus is saying to the followers here, I am going to leave you at some point. I'm going to be gone. And again, this is what God intended from the very beginning, that you would launch this church and that you would go out and make other disciples and you would do that without my presence. I know it sounds strange and odd because if I'm here, maybe other things can happen, but I'm going to work through you. And I'm not going to leave you without a home base. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. 
significant language here. About a month ago, we had a group of people from Valley Point go to Smolensk, Russia. And one of the things that is absolutely shocking about that city is that there are many orphans just all over the place there. And it'll shake you. I mean, it'll just rock your world. And you can see their faces now. And it's just devastating to think these are individuals who have no home base. They have no leadership in their life. And if you're looking to have your world rocked and changed, then the next time we go to Smolensk, go. Because when you look into the eyes of these orphans who do not have that kind of leadership and don't have that kind of home, it just does something to you. And so our group went, and one of the things that they did is they built a storage unit there for a feeding center that will serve those orphans and will give them food so that they can eat. And if you were to go to any one of these individuals that were a part of this trip and talk to them, they would say, because of our presence, because we were there, we were able to give a little bit of hope and a little bit of encouragement to these orphans who have been, at some point in their life, abandoned. That's what's happened to them. So Jesus, in John chapter 14, is saying, I am going to leave you, but I will not abandon you. I will not leave you without a home base. I'm going to give you someone, and his presence will matter. His presence will bring hope, and his presence will give you direction And the very first role of the Holy Spirit is that he comes into our lives and with him we have his presence. Guess what? We're not orphans. We're not. When we trust in Jesus alone, we get the Holy Spirit and we are not alone. We have a home base. We are not abandoned. We get his presence. Here's what else we get. I get his direction. Before leaving earth, Jesus gathered these followers and said, I've got a job for you. I want you to go and you make disciples and you share the good news. You share the gospel. And the gospel is good news that Jesus came and he lived and he died and he rose again. And we can have this forever friendship with him. And I want you guys to go out and you go everywhere that you can and you build other groups. You build other churches and you share this gospel, this good news. That's a stellar commission, isn't it? Like when you think about it, it's really an amazing thing. Jesus said, I'm going to commission you now, and you're going to have the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of you, and I want you to go out and do this. This is your commission. But a commission without some kind of direction internally results in no movement at all. And so what we find in verse 26 here is that Jesus says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, the new sheriff. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. And another specific job of the advocate, this new sheriff, when he takes up residence within us, is that he works as an internal compass. And he kind of turns the light on Scripture and enables us to understand and get it so that we can move with confidence 
and clarity. So we get his presence, but we get a lot more than that. We also get his direction, his communicating with us through God's word and through God's people that enables us to move and accomplish. What else? Well, I get his peace of mind and heart. And this third installment, really, is what Jesus said is going to break the bondage of fear in your life. Verse 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The language here almost mimics that of the reading of a will. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to leave, but here's what I'm going to bequeath all of you with. You're going to get peace of mind and heart, and that peace would dissolve their fears and free them for the adventure of a lifetime. By the way, that peace doesn't mean an absence of problems. We think that a lot, that if I have the peace of God ruling and reigning in my heart, I will have no issues and no problems at all. I'll never experience loss. And if that's what you're thinking in your heart, that's a time bomb waiting to explode because it's not real. When we walk through Scripture, we understand pain visits all of us in different ways. What we have with the Holy Spirit is someone who will help us walk through all of that stuff and at some level will give us peace of mind and heart. That's what it says here in verse 27. So don't be afraid. All right, does the Holy Spirit matter? Hey, you bet he matters. Like in a huge way he matters because with him, again, when I trust in Jesus, he takes up residence within me and I get presence, I get direction, and I get peace of mind and heart. Now, listen to this. It is the desire of Jesus the outlaw, Jesus the nonconformist, for every single person living on planet Earth. And so that involves everybody in this room, right? It's God's desire. And Jesus the outlaw wants for every single person in this room to experience that. The Holy Spirit taking up residence. And we get presence and we get direction and we get peace of mind and heart. Jesus the outlaw wants every single person to experience that. So if that doesn't describe the current reality of your life, there's probably only two reasons why. Number one, maybe you haven't met the sheriff. Maybe you just haven't met him yet and you haven't stepped into that relationship. Again, when we trust in Jesus alone, we get the Holy Spirit and maybe you've been saying, I'm not so sure about Jesus. I don't know if I believe in him. I don't know if I want to hand my life over to him. I don't know if I want him to be my leader and my forgiver. I'll find another way because there has to be another way. If we think that, the Bible tells us that we do not have the Holy Spirit living within us. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit living within us, we don't have his presence, his direction, and his peace of mind and heart. So the really good news about that is you can change that and you can trust in Jesus to save you, to clean up your mess, 
And we get, with that transaction, the deposit of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we now have presence and direction and peace of mind and heart. So if this doesn't describe the current reality of your life, maybe you haven't met the sheriff yet. And today, you can do that. You can change that, and it'll be the greatest choice you'll ever make in life. So again, maybe if this doesn't describe you, it's because you haven't met the sheriff, or secondly, maybe it's because you're not following the sheriff. Maybe you're just not following him. If we choose to live our life in direct conflict with what God says in his word, here's what will happen. We will extinguish the benefits of the Holy Spirit in our life. And it's like he's not even there. He's there because he's not going to lose us. He's not going to forget about us. But we can actually suppress him and push him down so that presence and direction and peace of mind is gone. And when we find ourselves there, fear will return, confidence will be lost, and we will feel all alone. So here's our takeaways. Here's how we can work through all of this and think about the new sheriff that Jesus the outlaw left for us. First of all, trust in the outlaw. Accept his offer of salvation from sin and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And God guarantees that to every single person who cries out to him. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you've done or what you did last night. God's willing and able to forgive. And when we cry out to him, he will respond and he will answer and we'll have the Holy Spirit now living within us. So maybe your takeaway is to trust in the outlaw. Or maybe it's this. Yield to the direction and the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Listen, yield, and follow. Listen, yield, and follow. It's kind of a progression there. Listen, yield, and then follow. And by the way, we can always come back to God. That's the beautiful thing about our Father is that He's waiting for us with open arms. And no matter how prodigal we are, how many times we've stepped away, how many times we've run, God's good with all of that because He'll welcome us back when we take these steps to listen, yield, and follow. So if you've been avoiding God, come back. And maybe today's the day where you choose to do that and begin a whole new journey with the Holy Spirit guiding and directing again. The new sheriff, he gives me a true and lasting connection to God. Jesus the outlaw, he is an amazing individual and he gave up the rights of heaven and he came here and he lived among us so that he could pay the price for our sin by coming back to life. And then he does this strange thing where he just leaves. But he tells his followers... You will not be orphans. That's great news. You're going to have a home base, and I'm going to give you a new sheriff. I'm going to give you this leader. And if you've never responded to Jesus before, today is that day. Or maybe it's time to once again not extinguish and push down the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, but to listen and yield and then follow. Because the new sheriff, he gives us this true and lasting connection to God. Father, we're grateful for some time today to look at John chapter 14 and this conversation that you had with your followers. 
about how you were going to leave and you told them what was going to happen. But yet along the way, you encouraged them with how you were going to send an advocate, someone who would work on their behalf and support them. And God, we know based on what we find in Scripture that the advocate is the Holy Spirit. God, we've talked about the Trinity today. It's kind of a confusing thing. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three persons, but yet they're really one. And God, we can trust that you have this amazing plan for us. Whether we understand all that or not, we can lean into you because you've done all of this and it is stunning and it is beautiful. So God, as we just assimilate all of this in our minds right now, God, I pray that you'd help us to think through whatever step we need to take and whether that's trusting in Jesus alone for the first time or just saying, God, today's the day I'm going to really listen and yield and follow again and I haven't been doing that and I've been running life on my own terms and establishing my own agenda above yours and today's the day I just need to stop that and cut that out and once again listen and then obey what you want in our lives. So God, I pray right now that you just do a work in our hearts. I'd like for you to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. Maybe you're here and you're understanding that there is a God who desires to have a relationship with you. And you're getting that and you want that in your life. And I just encourage you where you're at from your heart to God's ears. Just talk to him and say, God, I trust in the work of Jesus. And I believe he died for me and he rose again for me. And I want his leadership and forgiveness in my life. Save me. That's something that you're communicating for the very first time to our loving Heavenly Father. This transaction has happened. Right? You have the deposit of the Holy Spirit in your life right now. So you've got presence and direction and this sense of peace of mind and heart. It's a wonderful thing. And in a moment, you're going to have the chance to indicate that on your connection card. And I would encourage you to do that so we can get more tools in your hands to help you in this new forever friendship. Maybe you're here and it's just time to say, all right, I've been suppressing the work of the Spirit in my life and I haven't been really listening to Him and following. I haven't been spending enough time in God's Word to where the Holy Spirit can just turn the light on there so I know what God wants for me. I haven't been taking advantage of this internal compass. It's there. If you've trusted, it's there. So maybe right now in the quietness of this moment, you just want to talk to God and say, okay, I'm going to walk out of here and we're going to do that.
God, would you just do a work in our hearts today? May we walk out of here in a few moments different and changed because of our time thinking about the stunning thing that you've done for us and offering this forever connection and the beauty of the depth of your love for each and every one of us. That's why Jesus came. That's why the outlaw, the nonconformist, broke all of the religious rules of his day and fought the machinery so that he could pay the price for our sins, giving us the opportunity on this day to respond to you. So God, I pray that you'd help us to do that now. Help us to continue to internalize what you want for each and every one of us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.